Welcome to Investor's Insights. Our topic today is timber. I am joined today by my distinguished colleagues, Bobby Norman, Trey Booth, Adam Van Zandt, and Ashley Page. And there's a reason we chose that topic, and we're going to dive right into it here because we think it's an important issue you need to be aware of. You've probably ridden around and noticed all the construction taking place in your area. Uh, home building is uh, going through the roof, as they'd like to say, pun intended. And with that, Bobby, talk about what you brought up, which then caused other debate and discussions in our portfolio strategies reviewed this morning uh, about housing and about lumber. Yeah, Greg, it's no secret that one of the bright spots in the economy throughout the pandemic has been the strong housing market. And we're starting to see some weakness uh, because of higher lumber prices. And so actually, we've seen U.S. lumber prices rise 170% from Unreal. April through August, driving the cost of the average new home up over $16,000. So the cause of this was because of the coronavirus lockdown, supply shortages, and the labor shortages caused two-thirds of the firms uh, to delay or cancel construction projects back in March and April, causing a drastic drop in demand for labor. But the drop right. in production uh, caused a major shortage. Uh, and when construction picked up in May and sending lumber prices soaring the past few months. So there's a dark cloud on the horizon in housing. And if, if we continue to see lumber prices where they are higher, the housing market could go through a slowdown. And, and if housing goes through a slowdown, that could very likely add to the volatility uh, that we're seeing in the market. So we're watching lumber prices in the housing market very carefully here. Well, and, and I thought that was a great point. And also it opens up a whole nother discussion about interest rates and how low mortgage rates are, uh, you know, and, and what's taking place there. And it kind of sums up the year. You've got a lot of things that are really st strong and you've got other situations which are weak and, you know, rates are low. And so people are refinancing, they're improving their homes. Uh, new construction is all around us, but the question becomes, how long can that go on? And with that, Trey, you you brought in you know what took place over the weekend here uh, in, in terms of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, and what's what's developed there on the, the political horizon, and also from the standpoint uh, what's going on in Europe, which are also two other factors we need to be looking at. Yeah, Greg, this weekend we got a lot of uh, big news, very sad news out of D.C. Very uh, sad. Uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ginsburg passing away. And while that will have very long-term impact on the jurisprudence and, and the legal field uh, of the United States, depending on who is who's set to replace her, uh, but in the short term, it has impact on the markets. And that's really what we want to focus on here, not the politics of of the long-term Supreme Court, but the short-term impact on the markets. And the reason it has impact on the market short-term is that as time has passed and as we've gotten closer to Election Day, the likelihood of a second large stimulus bill, somewhere between one and a half and three trillion dollars has, has, has continued to decrease. And this is another cog, just something getting in the way of the wheels of DC working towards that stimulus. A recent uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers survey said that over 80% of business executives believe that another stimulus is needed to get the companies back on their feet. DC was moving slowly but, but surely towards compromise, and this is just another very large issue for them to disagree on that could likely stop what was a very large and, and, and likely very beneficial stimulus bill that would happen before the election that could boost markets, boost spending, and that's really where in the short term we're looking and focusing. And so this is very, uh, you know, it's very sad on a personal level, but on a market level, it's very detrimental to see this new, this new uh, I'll say, hurdle 
that Congress and, and the Senate would have to get over, and it just makes it very unlikely that a large $3 trillion stimulus bill uh, can be passed before Election Day. Bring up what's going on across the ocean here because uh, we gotta, we've got to watch the world as well. That's, that's right. It's another big bit of news over the weekend is that the UK and Europe is potentially looking at another lockdown. As we've seen cases in the US on this chart, you can see the cases in the US have, have started to fall. So it's very positive. We've seen economic expansion, the housing market in the US starting to turn. In the Europe, they're getting the opposite. We're seeing cases spike in Europe. And so that's concerning from a, from a market standpoint over in Europe and international markets, but it's also concerning to the U.S. because if Europe shuts down, are they ahead of us and we're just about to have to shut down or are they behind us? Are they seeing, is this their wave that we saw back in the summer or is this the indication of a wave we'll see in the fall? And so that's putting a, a, a big damper on the markets in hopes of reopening in the U.S. So those two factors are really putting a lot of uncertainty, which we all know the market does not like uncertainty. Uncertainty. It really puts, puts the COVID uncertainty back front and center. Well, and speaking of uncertainty, we can always uh, feel very confident and certain that the month of September has historically uh, been a volatile month uh, year after year. And with that, Adam, you've, you talked about technical analysis because in last week's vlog, you told our viewers what the resistance and support levels were for the S&P 500. And so go back over that and, and tell them where we are now and what they need to be watching. Yeah, Greg, I appreciate that. On Friday, we saw the market, the S&P 500, break through that lower support level. So we've been talking about that 3,300 for a long time now. That's kind of been our marker. Um, so it finally broke through and it held on Friday and put us below the 50-day moving average. And to go back to Trey's point, you know, with election risk coming up, and Greg, you said it yourself, with September and October, we're gonna see a lot of volatility with election risk coming up. And so one, one of the marks we're looking at now is the 3240 will be your next one. And then the lowest one at 3100. And that 3100 will actually have a 10% pullback. So we'll see if this you know continues to be a volatile next couple of months and see how the consumer reacts to the markets. Yeah, there are those that think that this market has moved so fast that, that possibly we need to take a little steam out of it and you could see a 10% correction, uh, uh, but there are a lot of positive things taking place as well. And on that note, Ashley, uh, while Trey was talking about the stimulus bill may be delayed because of what's going on out of DC right now, you brought up a great point about a program they'd already introduced. Talk about that. Happy to, Greg. It's the Federal Reserve's Main Street program. And the key we want you to know is that is aimed at medium-sized companies which have employment Greg, of around 1,000 people. Well, the Fed has had that in place uh, for a while to the, to the tune of 600 billion. Well, the problem is only 1.5 billion has been used. Wow. Well, what ended up happening is there were obstacles between the banks, the Fed, and the FDIC, the regulatory. On Friday, those groups met, solved those obstacles. So what we feel like is gonna happen between now and the end of the year is about that remaining amount, which is most of it, nearly 600 billion in stimulus, is gonna be aimed at middle-sized companies, which have great multiplier effects. You know, they buy from small. Sure. So we've got a lot of um, stimulus left uh, between now and the end of the year that's about to roll out. Right, and so everybody needs to be watching that as well because that could really keep the strength in the economy. And so you could possibly, if housing starts to slow down, there's other sectors of the market that could actually be picking up. So uh, that would also cause some rotation in the market, which would probably be a welcomed uh, 
uh, situation at this time. So on that note, we're going to keep you updated. Please continue to watch us on this vlog, continue to share it with others. Uh, we always are appreciative of that because of the introductions and the, the phone calls and meetings. We want to continue having our virtual meetings with our clients or social distancing, talking on the phone. And in addition to that, on social media, we're going to continue to highlight those stories, that research that is important at this time. So keeping you updated as we continue to head toward the end of September, and we'll look forward to talking to you in the coming week. Thank you.